Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting around the world on the World Wide Web. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Oh yeah. Broadcasting live from the Joseph Network Studios in downtown Medina, Tennessee. It's that time of week again. It's time for the Josie Show. Bringing you the most exciting music news and guests from around the world. Right here on the Josie Show. Please make welcome the beautiful, the talented, the lovely, America's radio sweetheart, Mrs. Josie Asentino Moon. Hello, everyone, and happy Thursday. We got a fun show for y'all. I am so excited to talk to two incredible talents. We have Reed Alexander, who I'm sure you all know from iCarly as Neville Papperman, you know, the scheming Neville. And we have Catherine Shipley, who's on our label, Cavallo Records, and she's getting ready to debut her debut album, If These Boots Could Talk. So I'm so excited. Uh, So let's start off with our first guest. Here is Reed Alexander. I cannot believe that it's uh, 2022. When did you and I do our interview? Gosh. Oh, gosh. It's been a long time. Oh, goodness. Very long. It's been several years. Yeah. We were promoting your book. We were promoting your cookbook, Cool Bites. Oh, God. So probably 2014. 2014. Yeah. Yeah, well, has it been that eight years? That's nuts. That's nuts. I know, right? Almost a decade. That is crazy, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I've stuck with you and on your journey for, you know, the entire time. I love seeing your updates. And you're doing so many incredible things as of late. So I wanted to catch up on everything, of course. So, But the first thing that I wanted to talk to you about is a little while ago, you were able to be in the reboot. You reprised your role as Neville in iCarly on Paramount+. Plus. So how how exciting was that stepping back in Neville's scheming shoes? <laughs> yeah, no, it was really a terrific opportunity yeah. to be back with the cast. And mm-hmm. We had not been all together in the same place, and gosh, if it was twenty twenty one that we were filming this, probably yeah. probably six seven years. Um, I'm Oof. thinking since at least twenty thirteen, um, maybe that's eight years because I yeah. think the last time we would have all been together was at the Kids' Choice Awards. So it's been, it was certainly, it had been a minute. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we were all wondering what it would feel like to be on set together, not just together physically, but reprising our characters that we had played so right. long ago. And all I can say is, you know, people say riding a bike is so natural, and I really wouldn't know. I'm not a big bike rider, but that's what I hear. You know, just pick it back up again. Right. Um, and it was the same with playing these characters. You know, it just snaps 
right back into place, and it was very natural for us. The dynamic was natural and at ease, and uh, I just think it was a big success. So from the moment I stepped on set, I knew we were in store for something great, and seeing the reaction that the revival had. I mean, obviously, when I was filming it, it was still top secret that my character would be back, and seeing the response from viewers to the whole series and to our special with my character, it was very vindicating that there still is a big appetite for Mm -hmm. for this uh, for this brand for this franchise and I'm so proud of what we were able to achieve yes I mean the nostalgia was real I think everybody loves a reboot you know especially growing up and you know being a kid watching iCarly and then now as an adult yeah no we're roughly the same generation and it's amazing that the show is still so contemporary for people in our age group Mm -hmm. this after so many years of the show being in rerun still being relevant and you know people would watch the rerun because there was a whole other generation of younger people, mm-hmm. you know, mainly the siblings of our original viewers who were coming up and were watching the show. Either siblings or just children who were born five or six years after the first round of viewers. Well, right. now we can still speak to the first constituency, more sophisticated, slightly older way. Right. But it's amazing how contemporary it is. Now, iCarly has really become somehow this uh, symbol of popular culture for the mm-hmm. early mid 2000s mm-hmm. but now it's going to do that all over again in the 2020 era so yes. that's to me just such a rare gift and when I think back to when I first auditioned for the show to everything that's happened it's hard to believe how far we've come yes and so it so you felt it was the right time for a reboot like when it was first announced were you like you know what I'm I hope I hope I'm able to return and which you did so I think that's so cool <laughs> Yeah, I honestly didn't have many expectations whether I would or wouldn't. You know, I've gone into this other career as a journalist, and when it was first announced, I mean, I knew before it was announced it was coming, and I guess it kind of reached me, you know, through the grapevine. It's still a pretty tight-knit group. And I, I wasn't surprised because mm-hmm. the man was out there. Every, I mean, truly, every time I've seen people over the years in person uh, who have known the show or known me, the first question they say is, will there be a reunion? And I think what most people were thinking over the years was it would be a reunion film like they did with Drake and Josh or some right. of the other properties and obviously Hannah Montana had a movie. A lot of mm-hmm. these youth sitcoms go on to have a follow-up film. But the fact that it turned into a series, I, that surprised me. <laughs> right. <laughs> that part surprised me. Um, yeah. But it felt natural and I was delighted to be asked. Yeah. That's wonderful. I think that's great. And, you know, I also seen, you know, in your bio, you're also a Wall Street reporter covering investment banks for Business Insider. Come on now with your bad self. Look at you. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. So Business Insider, you know, Business Insider is a global publication. And I've been a reporter for several years since the show ended. So that's why I say, you know, I'd really gone into this other avenue, this other career uh, when I was called to do the show. So I wasn't thinking about acting in yeah. the last couple of years. I've really made a push into journalism as mm-hmm. a digital reporter. Uh, but I do cover Wall Street and finance, which is a completely different niche than I was doing previously. Right. Um, you know, I, when I started out as a journalist, I was covering a bit of everything from lifestyle to entertainment. But I've really learned now about investment banking and private equity and the elements of high finance that I cover. And it's such an exhilarating job. I mean, you know, you get to talk to so many unique folks mm-hmm. that being a reporter um, is equally, I think, think just an entree into so many different kinds of people's lives and that is a privilege and we have to be mindful of that but it's also an opportunity to do a lot of really deep dive investigative reporting which is what I do these days Uh, and that is a big departure from my former life as an actor to be doing (laughs) investigative reporting let me tell you I'm sure 
I'm sure. Yes. And I love that you're bringing the topic and the, the subject to, you know, our generation. You know what I mean? The young men and women out there who may not know much about it. You know what I mean? You bring that sure. um, aspect to it, which I think is is wonderful. So, and, and how did you get started with your work for Business Insider? Well, I was, uh, you know, after acting, pretty clear-minded that I wanted to go into news gathering. And originally, I thought that I would go into broadcast news and be an on-air reporter because, look, my background was from television and broadcast. Um, So I went to NYU. This is back uh, probably around the time we were speaking previously in the last interview you mentioned, which Mm -hmm. was uh, I I started NYU 2013. Uh, So it'll be 10 years next year that I started as a a journalism major. Um, And I then moved to Hong Kong and became a reporter for CNN. Um, And there I was working on some broadcast projects. Then I went back to New York and spent some time at the Wall Street Journal. Um, And then I went to get my master's at Columbia University in journalism. But I ended up at Business Insider during the beginning of the pandemic, a relative beginning, which Mm -hmm. was June 2020, so the first three months of it. And I fell into covering finance. And I've been here now almost two years, and it's really become my life. You know, I cover the mm-hmm. big Wall Street banks, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, Morgan mm-hmm. Stanley, Bank of America, big financial firms and asset managers. And uh, sometimes it surprises even me what a departure it is from the life that I used to live. But I'm on the front lines you now covering global finance, which is a multi-trillion dollar industry that mm-hmm. powers so much of how we live. I mean, I don't think we really recognize how many day-to-day brands we know and love are owned by private equity investors or mm-hmm. were founded by venture capitalists or were taken public by investment bankers. We don't always see these invisible connections to finance because we think of Wall Street as this big sort of almost like the Death Star, you know, sitting above everyone yeah. controlling the inflow and outflow of capital. But it affects all of us in very personal ways. Mm-hmm. And I think as a finance reporter, my job is to be really cognizant of those ways so that I can detect them and then I can write about them smartly or bring them to the attention of our readers. And one of the ways that I think people are very interested in this generation and the role of finance is in how it's promoting sustainability, diversity, and equity, mm-hmm. so what we would call ESG, uh, Environmental Social Good Corporate Governance. And, um, you know, this is on everybody's mind right now in global finance because the mainstream consumer has demanded that financial firms and brands that we know and love in corporate America take a stronger stance on supporting diversity or the right values in the workplace and supporting sustainability in the world around us outside of the workplace. So that's a big theme that I focus on. Yes, and I have learned so much just following you on Twitter and your social networking sites, just your stories and just your deep dive. I love how, you know, honest you are and um, you're really, you could tell you really love what you do. And, uh, I do. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy to be doing it. As, as, as I hear in your uh, voice, too, you've been doing this and you've grown uh, very successful in the time I've uh, known you. So thanks. I feel like we both found things that we love and we're going full stop uh, yeah. to pursue our goals. Isn't that the best thing, though, when you're doing something that you actually love and you can wake up in the morning and be like, yes, I'm I'm happy with this. <laughs> this is what I want to do. There's nothing better. Yeah. There really is nothing I better. I think it's a privilege that we've seen that too few people have during the pandemic. You know, the pandemic oh. has really exposed inequity and created so much rampant joblessness mm. and deprived so many people 
of their livelihoods and opportunities that I think that uh, for those of us who have been able to hang on to careers that we love, we have to hang on to them a little bit tighter after this and really appreciate the luxury that it is to do as you say, which is to wake up in the morning and actually do something that stimulates you because unfortunately there's too many people out there who don't get to enjoy that right now. It's so true, honestly. And, you know, also mental health has been a huge thing for me as well, especially with the pandemic, like you mentioned. Um, Just people are really out there uh, struggling, you know. Mental health is a hugely important time. Topic. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel that it is something that we all can understand in our own unique way and relate to. It's a yeah. very important topic to me because I actually spent some time as a mental health reporter after right. the Wall Street Journal and before I went to Columbia University. And uh, now I teach a journalism class at University of Miami, and we're reading a book about mental health among mm-hmm. young people. It's a journalistic book about the aftermath of the Parkland shooting in Parkland, Florida mm-hmm. in 2018, which you recall was such a tragedy. Mm. 17 people were killed. And this was before the pandemic, but I actually covered that very heavily. And in the course of my coverage, I spent a lot of time talking to childhood trauma therapists because I was in the Parkland community for so long, interviewing survivors of the shooting, interviewing teachers who had survived the shooting, and really understanding the response that goes on at a neurological level to trauma, you know, the fight-or-flight response or how trauma can manifest in long-term post-traumatic stress. So I really, really soaked a lot of this stuff up before the pandemic. And during COVID, I have tried, in spite of my Wall Street coverage, to carve out some time to cover mental health. I've reported on mental health for Insider. I've done mm-hmm. stories about young people in the schools with all of the fighting over mass mandates in mental health. I've yeah. done stories about the mental health of frontline hospital workers. I just did another piece the other day on how a new study found that frontline hospital workers in the UK, but the findings can probably be extrapolated to a lot of different regions, but these British ICU workers were found to have as much post-traumatic stress as probable cases of post-traumatic stress mm-hmm. disorder as people who were fighting on the battlefield in, in Afghanistan. I believe as it. soldiers in Afghanistan. I mean, it's had an unbelievable effect on people's mental health. It's eroded mental health, and I mm-hmm. think we're going to see uh, when and if the cases start to pull back, which I really hope they do at some point this year, I think mm-hmm. we're going to see when the dust settles and the fog of war abates, a country that has really been riddled by serious mental health and trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to have to really think through how we build an infrastructure for that. I mean, for me, I think I cope with it through my writing. I think my writing yeah. is such a healthy outlet to be able to talk about these issues, explore these issues. And when I do cover mental health, I get the benefit of talking to trauma experts and I learn from them. I learn how I can recognize warning signs in my own life if I'm feeling overwhelmed or stressed. Right. You know, I have essentially two very demanding jobs. I'm teaching journalism mm-hmm. to students who are, you know, journalists in the making, and mm-hmm. I'm on the front lines of covering finance, which is a tough beat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think being that focused uh, maybe has kept me distracted from some of the travails of the pandemic that other people have felt because, fortunately, I haven't had to go and work in a workplace where... There has been rampant COVID. I've really been able to self-isolate and, you know, have exposure and have conversations with people when I've needed. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's an imperfect answer. It's just to say the virtues of my job allowing me to report on mental health have been really helpful here. Um, But I am keenly aware of the impact that it's had on so many ordinary individuals. Absolutely. And I love that you're covering it, too. You're putting you're shining a light to it. I think that's what's wonderful. Keep up the great. You are. You are. Keep up the great work with everything that you do. Um, I think you make a huge impact on so many, so many lives, honestly. 
you. You're welcome. And I have some fun questions for you if you're ready. I love my yeah, fun questions. Wrap it higher around. Yes. <laughs> you got to do it. I let's love do it so fun much. Questions. <laughs> yes, yes, let's do it. So, I have to ask, what is the best piece of advice that you have received that you that you could share on to our listeners? What would you say? Okay, it is a proverb and it goes like this. Do mm-hmm. all the good you can for all the people you can in all the ways you can for as long as ever you can. It's essentially oh. just about being and doing as much good for others as you possibly can muster, whether it's in big ways or small ways. I love that. That needs to be on a T-shirt or something. <laughs> I need to write that on my on like my vision board or something. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Yes, that's it's a good one. That's a good one. It really is. And as you mentioned, you lived in Hong Kong. Um, I did. Yeah. So, is there a place that you have not traveled to that you would love to? I think about this a lot. Mm-hmm. So many. I just have to think of the one that I guess I have the most burning desire to go. You know where I'd really like to go? Yeah. I would love to go and spend some time in the Middle East. I've never been to oh. the Middle East. I would love to go to the United Arab Emirates, which would be, say, cities like Dubai and Abu Dhabi. I'd like to go to Israel. Yes. I have never been there. Um, I've luckily been to most of the other continents at this point. Mm-hmm. And I love Africa. I'd like to spend more time in South Africa and mm-hmm. some of the other countries there, Botswana. But mm-hmm. I think if I were going anywhere to tomorrow, uh, I'm most curious about the Middle East, or potentially Turkey, which is sort of on the border of Eurasia. Um, so that has a lot of uh, cultural dynamics, as I understand, that are similar to Middle Eastern cultures. So that would be a really eye-opening experience. Yes, I'm sure you'll have a chance, too. I mean, at you know, at the track you are, it would be really neat if you'd be able to report there. You know what I mean? Come on now. Do, well, you, journalism does give you access it to does. reporting stories all over the world. So exactly. So there. See, you never know. You never know. It could. It could. And the next question I have for you on your free time, what are some of your favorite things to do? You got some hobbies? Oh, my God. Watching so many movies. Yes. Oh, me too. Watching so many movies. Oh. I think that is my favorite hobby. I really like to do, um, you know, spin. Uh, so indoor cycling is super fun for me. Um, and other things I guess I like. Uh, I've kind of gotten away, funny enough, from cooking after all the years we spoke last time right. about uh, the cookbook. Um, and I just haven't been able to make as much time to do that with work these days. But I think I movies are a great way to unplug. And catching up on some shows. I'm binging two shows right now. Ooh. And uh, it's really therapeutic to have a binge watch going on. <laughs> and you should. What shows are you binge watching? <laughs> Be more different. One oh, Succession. Yes. Have you watched Succession? Very yeah, yeah. dramatic. Well, that my family is not as functional as that family. Um, <laughs> and then the other one is actually a British show by uh, it's by an author called Deborah Harkness. It's called Discovery of Witches. Um, it's sort of a fantasy show. And if you like Harry Potter or any of these fantasy uh, franchises, you'll like this. But she's a historian who teaches, I think she teaches at UCLA. Uh, and she yeah. wrote this series of books that takes place in England primarily and some other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it takes you back in time to the 16th century and then forward in time to present day. It's really, really a very gripping thing to watch. But it's sort of like a cult viewing thing. I don't think it's widely known here. But mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 recommend for those who are looking for a great sort of fantasy sci-fi binge as well, Discovery of Witches. I am going to have to find that now. <laughs> I need to see it because Those are my two oh. binge watch obsessions, and then if you watch, we can text and discuss them for sure. Notes. Oh yeah, we will compare notes because that sounds so good. Oh, I'm into it. I'm into it. I love that. <laughs> my my last question for you: Is there a show out there though that you would love to be a part of? 
called industry and it's about mm-hmm. as I understand I really do need to watch it's a very like over like melodramatic a five version of Wall Street Life but it takes mm-hmm. place in London at big banking institutions for young traders who are like trading stocks on the stock market and everybody tells me because my focus in my coverage of Business Insider is like generally you know general Wall Street news but also really digging into the life and times of Gen Z on Wall Street yeah. you know, era of professionals coming who are starting at banks and private equity firms and the clashes that creates. And I think that's what this show is about. From everything I hear, industry is about like young sales and trading professionals at these London-based financial institutions, their life, their time, how crazy it can be. And I think it would be really fun to watch because I don't think there's honestly that many people on the planet who know as much about that life, who don't work mm-hmm. in it as I do. Because mm-hmm. my job is to know, that's literally my whole job, is to dig into these stories. So I think if I were on there, even though I don't actually work on Wall Street, I hate to say it, I think I have a lot to offer because I know yeah. so much now. <laughs> you would! You would! It's- that would be the show. Yeah, I think it's time for you to get a call. <laughs> I, I think they need to put you in. Listening, you know, feel yeah. free to give me to, to send me a message. Yeah, no, I, I hear it's very entertaining. Yeah. I think I need to watch it and give it a try. For sure, <laughs> absolutely. And I want to thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for the invitation to come on with you. I oh. so enjoyed keeping in touch over the years and the invitation to be with you. And oh. it was a real pleasure to catch up and share what I'm doing now. So thanks so much for the invite. Oh, the pleasure was all mine and I'm still I'm still trying you know I still got your cool bites books so I'm still trying to learn God, some recipes I can't believe you so, are an OG my friend I'm telling you OG of yours I still got it <laughs> going. right I know 20 years when you're anchoring the Today Show <laughs> I'm like breaking more Wall Street news. We'll have to continue exactly. Exactly. I knew you win. Uh, yes, I love it. Thank you yeah, so yeah, much. You. Thank you so much. Talk to you real soon. Read Alexander, everybody. Take care. Thank yeah. you. Bye. Bye bye. That was so much fun catching up with him. I hope you enjoyed that interview. And, of course, we have Catherine Shipley coming up here shortly. But I want to talk a little bit about our exciting news that we posted yesterday, last night, um, JMA Fest. So we're going to have, like, a a final concert, I should say. And it's called our JMA Fest evening concert. And I'm so excited about it because we were able to announce our headliner for that night. And our headliner is the incredible – Greg Campbell. Yeah, it is. And I'm so excited because I I have been a huge fan of Craig Campbell's and his music and um, his song, actually, Outskirts of Heaven, we played at Matt's dad's funeral. It's such an incredible song and he's an incredible artist. So I'm so honored that he agreed to come to our event uh, during JMA Fest, our evening concert, which is going to be at the Troubadour Nashville. Uh, So I'm so excited about that. And tickets are available now at www.jmafest.com slash concerts. And as you noticed by that website, we now have a JMA Fest website, which is great. Um, It was getting a little too crowded on justinmusicawards.com. We were like, hey, we need something that is specific for JMA Fest. So we do have the website now, www.jmafest.com. So you can go there and see all of the venues that we have going on on October 22nd during JMA Fest. And we just have a bunch of stages. We have a bunch of incredible performances, events, uh, so many activities. We have 
matter of fact, we have a new activity that we're going to be announcing very soon that I'm excited about. So stay tuned to my Facebook page, Josie Pasentino Boone, if you type me in there. Um, but yeah, we have a new activity that we're going to announce, but we have so many different like line dancing, um, singing contests. I mean, we have so many different things. And if you go to jmafest.com, you can see all of the events that we're having, um, plus more are being added every single day uh so please make sure you check it out um but you know the final the final concert the jma fest evening concert is going to be headlined by craig campbell uh which we're so excited about so please make sure you get your tickets now because limited seating is available limited seats so you can get tickets at jmafest.com concert and opening acts for that night are going to be announced very soon and this is going to be at the troubadour nashville so we're so excited. Uh, you know, JMA Fest is going to be all around the Music Valley Drive area. So we're going to have indoor in those four incredible venues, Troubadour Nashville, Music City Barn Grill, the Nashville Palace, and Scoreboard. So indoor events at all of those incredible locations, but also outdoor in that big parking lot um, that, that there is. Uh, so yeah, we're taking over Music Valley Drive <laughs> in Nashville, Tennessee. Basically, that's what I tell everybody. Where are we going to be? We're pretty much Music Valley Drive. So you will find us. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be such an incredible event. So uh, I hope y'all join in. And of course, JMA Fest is, as a whole, is free admission. Uh, but of course the networking mixer and the JMA Fest evening concert, you need a wristband, a ticket for, to enter. So but that's all you're going to need to do for. So, um, yes, I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. October 22nd, JMA Fest, and it's our first annual. So bear with us. <laughs> we are gonna, We are figuring it all out, but I'm so excited about it. It's going to be so much fun. And and what I'm excited about is it's a festival, a music festival for independent artists, um, which is super, super thrilling to us um, because I haven't heard many, many of many music festivals. Are there, I don't know. We haven't heard many music festivals that are solely based on independent artists. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun for indie artists and for us. I mean, I'm so excited about it. I'm going to bring in Tina Marie Passantino here with me because she is in the house. And did you want to add a little sparkle to our conversation? You always add a sparkle. Oh, I always bring some sparkle, <laughs> don't I? <laughs> You really do. I try. I try. You do. So um, anyways, one of the things that I wanted to mention is we're getting a lot of questions uh, coming up here as the deadlines are, are coming real close to for submission. Yeah, for submissions and that sort of thing for the Josie Music Awards this year. So um, what we're going to do, uh, we will open this up starting next week. Uh, but next week for the entire week, uh, we are going to have a coffee with Josie and Tina Marie in the mornings, which basically means in the morning from 7 a.m. until about 10 a.m., we are going to make ourselves available on the phone for you to call if you have any questions. I know a lot of times we're not always the easiest things to get a hold of. Uh, so to make sure that we get your question answered uh, directly related to your specific question, subject, topic, um, you can talk to us directly. So we're going to open up those hours uh, Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. Uh, where you can call in and get your questions answered or anything else you might want to discuss. This is great because we want to make sure our company is transparent. We don't want to be one of those companies where you can never reach who's behind the curtain. You know, <laughs> we want, it's us, it's us. It's us, right. No, no. We, want, we want people to know, you know, what we're about, who we are. Uh, if they have questions that need to be uh, answered, we want to answer. Um, so 
we want to yeah. be transparent that way. So I love that. Well, I think with the uh, deadlines approaching, uh, now is the wrong time to, you know, pop a message in somewhere that we don't see because then we may not get it answered in time for them to submit the material they want. So, we are receiving thousands yeah. of messages so everywhere just in case, at the moment. Yeah, just in case we miss it online, if you call us directly, mm-hmm. those are the hours we'll be available. If we look like we missed a call, we will call you right back in case we're on the line. So just so you know, we will post about it, but that information is coming up. Uh, The other thing I wanted to do is mention again the deadline so everybody knows. Um, Submission for a review by our panel. Uh, The deadline for that is April 30th, so the last day of the month at midnight central time zone. That is when all those forms will close and um, there won't be a chance to enter in anything after that. Now, the performance application for JMA Fest and for the Josie Music Awards, and also for the vocal competition, those forms will remain open until May 15th. They'll close on May 15th and then all final decisions on performances for all the events as well as the vocal competition. Um, those, those will probably be done by about June 1st. So between May 15th and June 1st, decisions will be made, but you will have to submit by the 15th of May in order to be considered. Those dates are hard dead, deadline dates. <laughs> There's no working around them. When we close, we close. So um, anyways, I just wanted to go ahead and make sure that everybody was aware of those dates since they are quickly approaching and that we will be available for questions last minute in case anybody gets stuck into the system or uh, needs something explained further. All right. How does that sound? Yes. I love it. I love it. So those are all the deadlines. I'm very excited about it. We have um, coming close. Yeah, we have, we, we have a lot of incredible indie artists there. um, New old faces, uh, everything. I mean, in between, there's so many incredible indie artists. out there. Yeah. So our family, we've got a lot of returning JMA family every year that is always welcome back to this big reunion. And then every year we have brand new family members joining us who are also welcomed into the mix. Um, we love what we do because everyone is so supportive of, of each other, of the independent music industry. Everybody cheers each other on, and that's the whole reason why we do what we do. Um, it is fabulous in a number of ways, and if you go to our website, you can see some of the wins that come from being a part of the JMA family. Yes, and also I want to mention, because we did touch topics on deadlines, we also uh, you know, touched on JMA Fest, mm. but I do want to touch on October 23rd, which is the next day. Uh, that is, of course, the awards ceremony for the 8th Annual Josie Music Awards mm-hmm. at the Grand Ole Opry House. So make sure you get your tickets now as well at JosieMusicAwards.com slash tickets. All right. It looks like our next guest is here, Catherine Shipley. Hey, hey. Hey. Woo! I am so excited to get to catch up with you because we have some fun things to talk about. How are you? Oh, you're cutting out on us. You must be in a bad area. Oh. Can we? Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Look at her. She's Hold moving on. around. She's moving and shaking. I'm moving. I'm moving. Hold on. <laughs> You're sounding clearer. You're, we, we, this sounds like one of those uh, phone commercials. <laughs> You're sounding clearer. You're moving closer to the tower. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love live. You can tell. The day you can so tell. Much fun. Yeah, you can tell when we're live. I know. You can see people running around with their phone in their hand. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Trying to get to a clear. Your neighbors, area. your neighbors are so confused right now. They're like, "What is she they doing? Are. They are. Why is she standing in the middle of the road, Marge?" 
All right, let's see. How do you sound now? I do. I heard you. I, I heard, heard you there. I'm How? outside now. Oh, there, right, there we go. See, I told you she had to get closer to the tower. <laughs> you thought we were kidding. Woo. Yes. Hey. Hey, hey Keisha. I'm not going to move. I'm going to stand right here. You sound great there, so do not move a muscle. Don't even, not an inch. I won't move. The birds, it's beautiful. The birds are chirpy, so that's my background. <laughs> so. I love that. You have to have a background. You have to come with an entourage. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. It's some birds. So, <laughs> so first, first off, I wanted to give a shout-out to Dana and Trace Thompson's daughter, Claire, because today she is 16. You know, <gasps> sweet 16, you got to celebrate that in every every possible way you can, even on a, on a, on an interview. Yeah, I got to give her a shout out. So down in Indiana, happy birthday, Claire, sweet 16. Happy sweet 16. Woo. Woo. Ah, yes. That's a special, special birthday. I hope your, I hope your birthday is the happiest and I'm blessed full of love and friends and family and cake. Please let there be cake. <laughs> you know, I've got, I've got a six on mine. It's not 16 to 56. So, you know, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> that just means more cake, Catherine. It just means more cake. <laughs> we just love you. We just love you. We're so excited to talk to you because we have something very exciting to talk about, which is your brand new album coming soon, If These Boots Could Talk. Now, I'm pretty sure I can guess, but how excited are you? Because this is your debut album. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, it's been a journey. And I tell you what, without my label, Kavala Records, and my, my family and my family and friends, you know, I don't even like to even say the word fans. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I just am blessed just to have so many people that just have always helped me. You know, all the people that uh, Amy McAllister and Trace and Michelle Lee and all these people around me, all my all my friends that have just continued to help me grow with Desi and Anne-Marie. I mean, there's so many people in our JMA family that are just amazing. And then, you know, my boo, Donnie Lee Strickland, you know, that's my guy. That's <laughs> Yeah, so there's just like people that support me and share my stuff, and it's it's just a beautiful thing, you know. And, and like you said, the family is growing every year, and mm-hmm. and that just makes us so much stronger to let you know regular mainstream radio know, like, hey, we're here, we're not going anywhere. Right. It's true. I mean, and there's so many talented independent artists whom you may not hear on the radio or see on TV that are genuinely incredible artists, and what I, you know what I mean, and they do it themselves. Yeah, they do it. They do it all. Like, look at Ava Page. Man, yeah. come on. Mm-hmm. Look at Ava. You know, 17. I think she's 17 now. But, I mean, mm-hmm. look at her. She was writing. She was probably writing when she was two. You know, but <laughs> I mean, she's just, she's just incredible. I mean, it's just, she, she does her own thing. And she, she is, you know, and then all the, the, the journey that she's went through in the last several years. You know, I mean, wow. I mean, it's just, music is beautiful. But independent artist, man. We are a force to be reckoned with. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we really are. I mean, we, we need our own we need our own brand logo T-shirts or something just walk around <laughs> with them all day like a billboard. So <laughs> It's so true. Really, really you do. Um, but, you know, and we are so honored to have you at Kabbalah Records, which for people who don't know is, is an indie label. Um, we're small, but we're family. Uh, and uh, we're just so proud to have you at Kabbalah. And we just love everything that you're doing and you're probably the you just you're the hardest working person that I know because you're just it's like you, you do one thing and then you're already thinking about the next thing that you want to do and when you do it you put your whole heart, heart in it and I'm driving you guys crazy I know but the no. thing about it is like you said it's family we have learned from each other I mean we've made mm-hmm. mistakes like 
we'll do that again. We know now. But that's yeah. the cool thing. You know, you go to, and I'm not dogging bigger labels at all, but, you know, they have things set in stone and set in place. And, you know, but we just, we love making mistakes. It's just almost like God, you know, you, you want to be broken and make mistakes. Who wants to be perfect? That's what, how you learn in life. Yes, it's so true. Everyone makes mistakes. They really do. And I think that just makes you stronger. You know what I mean? And that makes a team stronger. And um, we, we're, we're getting strong. I mean, you, you and I, Matt Boone, Matt Bailey, um, we're just such a great team uh, at Kavala. And I'm just, I'm so, I'm so proud of everything that y'all are doing. And what's cool about this upcoming album is there's, there's so many incredible songs for just about everybody but also there's like a side of you that we have not heard before with onto something which features greg roberts tell us about that song it's so good prayed over these songs and i since i think maybe 2019 2020 i have i recorded like how many people have pitched songs to me and it's been over 300 Mm -hmm. and i make a joke that Corey lee probably pitched 99.5 percent of those to me so it's just funny that he pitched this song to me, but Matt Bailey was kind of the lead writer on this. There was uh, two other writers besides Corey Lee and Matt. It was Randy Barnett and Aaron Pax Taylor. And I wanted to bring another side to my music um, was about love, you know, and just fun and just upbeat and, you know, kind of out of character for me. But, you know, you never want to, even if you could say you're a modern country artist, you always want to, you know, have a creative flow about yourself and break out and do something different and not just kind of think that, oh, Catherine sings sad songs or she's inspirational and nothing wrong with that. But you also want to sing songs that are kind of, you know, getting people thinking, tapping their foot. And it's funny because me and Trace Thompson and Amy McAllister were texting each other the other day, and we were, like, just kind of rallying each other on and, and saying how proud we were of one another and, and how we've grown. And, and Trace kind of let us hear one of his new songs that's coming. And we were like, man, this is this is good. This is really good. And it was another side of Trace. And, and, and Amy, you know, some of the stuff she's doing now, it's another side of her. So it's like independent artists, we're growing and we're learning, and we want to keep bringing fun and let people learn, like, who we are and what we're about. So it's 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 not only just like our professional growth, it's our personal growth as well. And and Amy said it best, you know, it's a God wing. It truly is. Mm-hmm. It really is. It really is. And like you mentioned before, you have so many songs that are pitched to you. Is What kind of songs do you, like your eyes widen for? Like what do you look for in a song that makes you be like, hey, you know what, I want to record that? You know, I, I, I can't even put my finger on it. I just look at the lyrics sometimes, but then right. I, I just demo track and Daniel Dennis who's my producer in Nashville you know he just I, I'll send stuff to him and I was like you know is that in my wheelhouse or you know and, and he'll tell he's very transparent with me he's mm-hmm. like you know I like it but I wouldn't press repeat you know he said but I like it mm-hmm. he said but you know I don't ever want to say no to a song he said but you know for you he said I, I want I want it to be different you know so that's what we've kind of done with with the things that we're doing and then I have an amazing background singer Angela Hurts so it's just like she just kills every song that, that she <laughs> background for so it's just like I have an awesome team of people these amazing songwriters and then they teach me they're teaching me so I love getting all these pitches because I'm not trying to steal their vibe but it's like it's it's making me learn like what I need to do or what I don't need to do like with bridges and you know and hooks I mean it's just I'm just learning so much Yes, it really, it's a learning experience, you know, like we can, like going back what you said before, it's all a learning experience. And of course, onto something, we've seen a whole new side of you, but then there's another song, If These Boots Could Talk. Um, and this is also another great one. And this is going to be, of course, the title track for your album. So can you tell us a little bit about If These Boots Could Talk? Now, 
the cool thing about this was I was actually finishing up trying to get all the songs that I needed for the album, and I hadn't really confirmed with everybody what I was going to do, but um, Ava's mom, Angie, pitched this song to me. Like, she sent me a text saying, hey, I got the perfect song with you and those red boots, and then I kept thinking about it, and then I was like, I'm going to have... Uh, I'm going to have to have these boots on the, it's going to be the title track. So I had a different title track and it, it was funny because it was actually one of Matt Bailey's songs. And I was like, Hey, you know what? I think, you know, and he wasn't mad. He's was like, okay, that's fine. But you know, this, it just kind of, it just surrounded me because I'm like, I have been on a journey the last several years. I've learned a lot of things about myself, about people, about growing, about heartache and, you know, transparency and just like hard truths, you know, and just, growing and so that those boots like really surround the love songs that I'm, I'm singing on this track and then I have a couple of inspirational songs and I got two songs that um that I had done last year you above all and life is good it, it just made the album complete and mm-hmm. I don't think I pick a better group of songs and even Daniel said he goes these are the most perfect songs I've seen anybody pick on an album he said I just love it and I and again I prayed over it I mean I really prayed over it and God answered. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He he answered. And these really honestly, every single song is perfectly picked for you. I mean, I could just see you singing them. They have like that special thing, you know, that that you just it, it you put like your magic sparkle on. Um and it just sounds so good and every single song is just perfect. And like I said, I think it's gonna be relatable to every single person out there. Okay. One of these songs, you know, so it's great. Mm-hmm. And, and you know the funny thing was going back to onto something um you know i i talked to greg and i was like I, you know what i want this guy to be on because we talked about doing something together and i'm like hey i want you to sing on this song and he really he, he sang before and i'm like i know this dude can sing because i just listened to his rapping i can tell that he's got some vocals and mm-hmm. and he was like i see, I haven't done anything like this before but i'm gonna do it and he he did so good on it i mean that i always say like you know, him and Matt, boom, your husband, they're very tall. So I always tell Greg he's my little <laughs> tall brother because, you know, Matt and Greg are like seven foot tall. Yeah. Everything. So it's just great. Such a nice guy. And I pray for him because his wife just lost her battle with cancer yeah. uh, not long ago. And so he's just such an amazing guy. And, and going to the memorial um, for Lisa. And I mean, yeah. that, that's what family does. I mean, that's what we're, our JMA is about. And Greg was so touched that you guys drove uh, a couple hours ago go see him. I mean, that was, that was great. Oh, we were happy to do it. It was so beautiful. It really was. I mean, so many incredible stories about Lisa and just their love was just so beautiful. You know, it really, really was. And it It was, was. it was touching. It really was. And I'm so glad we were there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm glad you guys went and, and I'll share this with you guys and I'm sure Greg wouldn't mind but mm-hmm. you know that was Greg's girlfriend forever and before she transitioned you know they got married and it was just an incredible mm-hmm. thing I'm so happy and he was so happy and we both cried on the phone about it talked about it so it's just you know I'm, I'm so blessed to be in this music um, with people that we just have each other's backs and we support each other. We're just there for one another. And that's kind of rare in the world with, with things that are going on. And, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, and just like kind of what Reed was saying um, in the interview, it's like, you know, hang on to your careers that you love, you know, and, and we all love music and, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of people get to do that. Like you said, really you don't, not, not a lot with the pandemic going on. People mm-hmm. have just stepped up a lot of things. 
It's true. It really is. When you find something that you love, you have to stick with it. And I believe this was your calling music. And uh, onto something, we're going to play that here shortly. Also, we have the title track, If These Boots Could Talk. So we'll play both of those for all of our listeners here listening into the Josie Show tonight. Um, but for everybody who wants to know when If These Boots Could Talk, the album, your debut album, releases, when will this release and where will it release? It'll be everywhere. <laughs> It'll be everywhere tomorrow. Tomorrow's yeah. Friday. Yeah. So Friday, Friday, yay. So, yeah, so tomorrow it comes out, and we have a few more surprises uh, tomorrow during the morning. And then also, uh, I guess tomorrow night, we'll be kind of talking and listening to having our CD release party so we can listen to all the songs on the track, which I thank you very much so everybody can hear it. And, you know, because some people don't have Internet. Some people don't have certain things. And so, you know, um, find somebody that's got, you know, Internet. Get on over there and listen <laughs> to the CD release party and, Let's go. <laughs> yes, let's go. Do it. It's going to be so much fun, and all the songs are going to be aired, and you're going to be able to enjoy the entire album and see why it's so special to all of us. And, yes, yeah, so tomorrow is your album release party on Country Blast Radio at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to let our listeners hear the whole album, so tune in at 7 p.m. to countryblastradio.com or our Country Blast Radio mobile app. So you will not want to miss this. It's going to be so much fun. And we're, of course, going to hear from you, um, and, and we're going to share some stories about the album. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So please make sure you tune in. And I wanted to ask you, because, of course, people always ask if there's a theme to an album. So tell everyone a little bit about the theme of this album or what may we find on this one, and what kind of genre, what, what would be your sound, do you think? You know, I, I think it's like, it's not pop, but it, it's country. It's country, yeah. but there's like inspirational in there. Um, it's a little bit of Christian vibe going on and stuff. And yeah. I mean, it's like, it touches on a little bit of everything. So it's just really, it's a creative flow of, of me. And like I said, it's another side of me because it just really, it's what comes to your mind when you think of creative flow. It's like what comes to my mind and that this is what this album kind of encompasses. So, you know, I like being free and just letting things go. And, and that's what I love about doing these music videos. And, and we'll have a surprise too. One of the songs, Rise Above, uh, we're going to have a music video coming out and we'll mm-hmm. be talking about that tomorrow. So I'm very excited about that. You know, K-Ship can't go without having a music video, you know? <laughs> I love your music videos too. They're so good. And, and and for people who have not seen the other music videos that you have out there, you have Life is Good, you have Above All, you have music videos out there that are so good and they're on YouTube. They're also on your website. Can you give out your website for everybody? It's uh, www.kshipmusic.com. And so you can you see all my music videos on there. You can see my granddaughter, Cadis, in a couple of them. So, yeah. you know, I'm a little rock star, my little PR team. And, uh, and I tell you, TCN has already, you know, chomping at the bit to, to get Rise Above, and they haven't even seen it yet to approve it. But he was like, you, you, when you, when's it done? When's it going to be done? So that's some of the things that get me excited because it's like they appreciate my work, and, and I appreciate the people. Uh, Bobby Garner Visuals actually has shot this video, and, and I tell people I'm kind of like the Adam Sandler. If you watch his movies, he has a lot of his friends in his movies. Mm-hmm. Well, for my videos, I have a lot of my church friends in there. So, like, almost every video I've ever had – a lot of my church friends are in my music video. I love that. That makes it so much more comfortable when you're able to work with uh, your friends or family or your church friends, your church family. I think that is what makes music music, right? I mean, when, you, when you're able to include your family and friends, it's the best. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny because uh, 
we have a band scene and rise above and the band scene is my old worship team from my church from from oh. five six years ago so it's kind of cool <laughs> that, you know I'm a worship leader at my other church and like all the people in, the, in my band scene are from my from my old church <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny all for full circle all full, yeah, circle. full circle that is full incredible circle. and i hope everyone checks out the album if these boots could talk tomorrow it'll be available everywhere you listen to music spotify iheart um, everywhere. <laughs> iTunes. Yeah. Everywhere. Get it. Get it, y'all. Stream. Uh, check it out. Share with your friends, your family, your cousins, your neighbors, your grandparents, everybody. <laughs> everybody. Everybody. Yes. Please do. Please do. You are you are going to love it. You're not going to regret it. And Kevin, I want to thank you so much for coming on here real quick to talk a little bit about this incredible album. And I'm so excited for the album release party on Country Blast Radio at 7 p.m. Central. Countryblastradio.com or Country Blast Radio mobile app is where you can tune in. So thank you so much tomorrow. So thank you so much, Catherine. Woo! Woo! I'm so excited. And congratulations to you. Oh. Thanks, girl. I appreciate it. Love you guys. Love you too. Talk talk later. <laughs> All right. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Oh, we love Catherine. She's so sweet. She really is. And we're gonna play a couple of the songs now. Um, so I will stop blabbing and start playing. So here is the first one, the title track. If these boots could talk, let's play that right now, and we'll be right back. Hit it. Thank you. 
behind an old prom dress Dusty leather shade of red A perfect size six And we're back! Now let's play Answer Something with Catherine Shipley featuring Greg Roberts. been too good with patience When I feel it I just say it Never been at a loss for words The only thing I know for sure is I've never been too good with patience I don't want to say what this is I don't want to say what this ain't I just want to pull you in But I don't want to push you CountryBlastRadio.com or our Country Blast Radio mobile app. Hope to see you all there. And thank you all so much for tuning in, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your night. Good night. The Josie Show is copyrighted property of the Josie Network of Brands. It may not be duplicated, altered, or edited, sold, or aired without written consent from the Josie Show owners. Any copyright infringement of the Josie Show will be subject to legal actions.